Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Okay, so now is it time to panic. Up next, episode 241 of The Sco Show. Hello again, friends, and welcome on into episode 241 of The Sco Show, proudly a part of the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network, and brought to you by the great folks at SB Nation. My name is Mark Schofield, back in the big chair for today, Thursday, August 25th. We are back from a week down in Hilton Head, not without incident, which I'll talk about briefly here in a moment. Big day in the Schofield household, as young Owen has his first day of middle school. It's an orientation day, but just got him onto the bus. A little bittersweet, but the boy is on his way. In today's show, we're going to have three segments today. We're going to talk about what we saw against Carolina, briefly. We're going to talk about Isaiah Wynn, briefly. And then we're going to talk sort of big picture as the Patriots wind down joint practices with the Las Vegas Raiders and dive into their final preseason game this weekend. But before we do any of that... Usual cavalcade of reminders. Follow along with the hijinks on the Bird app at Mark Schofield. Check out the work at all the places you know by now. USA Today's Touchdown Wire, Big Blue View, where I write about the New York Giants. Blogging the Boys, where I podcast about the Dallas Cowboys with the one and only Connor Livesley. Connor, by the way, said a couple of days ago that Tyron Smith doesn't look too good and woke up this morning to news that Tyron Smith is sidelined indefinitely with a hamstring injury. So that's not good, of course. Bleeding Green Radio, QB Factory Reboot, with the incredible Ray Shell Prevet. So check those out as well. And you can find all of this, of course, at Mark Schofield on the Bird app. Briefly, Hilton Head, lovely, great time. Was absolutely fantastic. Uh, went on this vacation with another family. It was a great time. Got stunned by a jellyfish. No big deal. A little itchy now, but the rumors, the, the, the urban myths and legends about urination on a jellyfish, that's not the route. Right when I got stunned, uh, an old-timer was right next to me. He's like, rub some wet sand on it. You'll be fine. And he was right. Ten minutes later, it was like nothing happened. It's just itchy now, which is a little weird. Also weird. The state of the New England Patriots offense. And I had the privilege and the luxury of sitting down with Ollie Conley, um, who covers the NFL so well, the Read Optional Podcasts the media empire that he's building. We sat down for about an hour plus on Wednesday and worked through a ton of stuff with the Patriots offense. But our last night in Hilton Head, we were out at a restaurant called Fish and they had the Patriots Panthers game on the screen. 
And so in between bites of my last dinner in, in town, I'm checking out the game and I'm not too excited about what I'm seeing. And then that continued, obviously, get back to the place we were staying and watch a little bit more. And, you know, then I got a chance over the past couple of days to sort of study it and break it down. As I told Ollie many times during the show we did together this week, you don't get the warm and fuzzies. Still not getting the warm and fuzzies. And it's getting late. It's getting late now. Because if you remember a couple weeks ago when I cautioned, you know, there's no need to panic. We can see how things progress. Talk to me late August. As Dante Scarnecchia said when he sat down with Karen Gergian at the Boston Herald. You know, let's get through some joint practices and see what it looks like. It's not like it's going well. You know? And if you look at that Carolina game... A lot of the problems seem to stem and start up front, but it's not solely an offensive line issue. No, there's a couple of plays you can walk through. The third and four sack on their opening drive. It's a pretty basic route concept. 11 personnel, three by one formation with the Y ISO tight end John Smith backside. You're running stick front side with the two stick routes and the go route along the boundary from Devontae Parker. And you're running a backside Y-ISO vertical from John o. Smith. They show you a mug look up front. They just bring four. They use the rain blitz with both linebackers in the A-gaps. David Andrews, the center, he opens to the left. As they kind of slide this to the left. Because they've got two guys outside the left tackle. Understandably so. The guy that in the A-gap that Andrews opens to, he pops out. They rush four. The guy on Andrews' right shoulder that's now going to be taken by the right guard, Ferenc. Ferenc gets steamrolled. And there's no opportunity to take advantage of this coverage. Because as they pop out into cover two, you know, they showed you a cover one look with pressure pre-snap. They bump out into cover two. You've got both hole shots are there. Now, the one from Parker, it's a little bit tougher because the safety does a better job at squeezing that. But backside, John Smith's wide open. Mac doesn't have a prayer. He's got guys in his lap before he finishes the drop and he gets sacked. Ideal world, he has time to get to that backside vertical route from John O. Smith, but it's he doesn't have the time to do it. It's not an ideal world. And playing quarterback in the NFL rarely is. Heck, playing quarterback in Division Three football rarely was an ideal world, especially for somebody of my skill set. Fast forward a little bit. First and 10, 24 seconds left in the first quarter. They dial up a little burner concept. Well, it looks like post over, but really, instead, Taekwon Thornton, who's now hurt, of course, fantastic, doesn't run a post route. He runs a corner. Aguilar runs the over route, coming from the other side of the field, under center, play action. Taekwon Thornton's open. He's open potentially for six. This could be a huge play. Jones comes out of the fake, hits his final step, and has to move. Has to get off the spot. Can't step and throw. 
main reason is you've asked your tight end, huh, reserve tight end, to stay in and block that backside defensive end, and he gets beat. There's some other breakdowns up front. David Andrews allows a guy to get across his face. Now, to Andrews' credit, Jones is kind of flushing a little bit to his right off this run fake. There's a little bit of a, say, half roll. Andrews kind of forces him to go around, but the guy, the nose tackle, still is able to close the gap on Jones after he has to climb because of the backside edge pressure. And it's another missed opportunity. And then when he had time, it wasn't like things were clicking. Third and seven of the 635 mark of the first quarter. Sort of a levels type concept. You've got Jono Smith on a dig. You've got Aguilar in an in cut out of a, a three by one. There in the trips, the middle receiver. Jacoby Myers runs a little pivot route. No separation. Nobody has a step. Jones has time, but there's nowhere to go with the ball. He checks it down to Ramondre Stevenson, who I think he's thinking it's going to somebody deeper, doesn't get his hands up, and it falls incomplete. It's messy right now. It's not pretty. Now, there were some nice spots. The the shot play to Aguilar that was part of a touchdown drive. You know, four verticals out of three by one. Nice throw. You like that. When Hoyer came in, you saw, you know, some hoss, some digs, some stuff that worked. Now you're working against more two and three type players on the defensive side of the ball. It's not clicking. As we're talking about in the third section of the show, it's not like it's gotten better this week against the Raiders. There have been moments, but it hasn't been all sunshine and puppies. As I said with Ollie, as I said when I was on guys, the Rock Power Report, the, the Bills podcast on Wednesday night. It's getting late early now. We are now in late August. Decisions are going to be made. And forget all the palace intrigue about who's calling plays and whatnot. Is this offense going to be ready? Because again, look around the AFC. Look at how you start your season. You don't have time to have an extended preseason during the month of September. You get the Dolphins up front, and that could be a very difficult game, although, you know, they're dealing with a little bit of a stomach bug today as we record this, and so there is that. Then you get the Steelers. Then you get Baltimore and Green Bay. Like, those are three very difficult games, and it's not like the Steelers on the road is going to be a friendly environment. Those are four tough games. It's getting late early. Kids are now back to school in some places. And the fans aren't easy. So it's an unsettling time. And up next, we're going to talk about Isaiah Wynn. Because now we're hearing that he might be on the block. And with the Tyron Smith injury, maybe he's even more on the block than we thought. That's ahead. Here in episode 241 of the SCO Show. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down. We break down who will be cutting. 
Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void where prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Mark Schofield back with you now on episode 241 of the Scho Show, and it's time to talk a little Isaiah Wynn. Why? Well, as I'm sure you've all read, there are reports that have surfaced in recent days that the Patriots are perhaps actively looking for a trade partner for the Patriots' offensive tackle. Wynn is, after all, in the final year of his rookie contract. The team had decided to pick up the fifth-year option last spring. As a result, Wynn's on the books, fully guaranteed $10.4 million, fifth highest such number on the roster. This is taken from Article of Pat's Pulpit by our buddy Burnt. And when you look at external factors, there might be reasons to move him. After all, this is a business side of the sport that we have seen the Patriots employ in the past, right? When you have a player near the end of his deal in his final year and facing a payday, there are situations where the team decides, look, we're going to move on rather than pay that contract. And it, it's worked out at times for the New England Patriots. At times it hasn't. But I would, at the outset, make the case that with some of the struggles we have seen from this offense in practices and joint practices and preseason games up front, both running the ball and in protecting the quarterback. Moving on from Isaiah Wynn at this point in time does not seem wise. And let me give this a little bit of context here. Working on a project, non-media side, over the summer. And spent a lot of time studying a bunch of different players, including Isaiah Wynn. And I literally just got done this week with a big report on Isaiah Wynn. One of the parts of the report evaluated him on the front side of outside zone and wide zone concepts. And here's what I wrote. Very good on the front side of outside zone and inside zone concepts. Finishes blocks through the whistle. Has good to textbook footwork on zone blocking concepts. And the combination of his footwork and athleticism gets him on the ideal track to the strike point of the target. Great competitive toughness shows up in the run game and on zone concepts, particularly outside and wide zone concepts, whether he is front side or backside. 
very good feel for combination blocks, has a good to great understanding of when to peel off or when he needs to stick on the initial defender at the point of attack a little bit longer to help his teammate finish the combination block. Also very good to great on the backside of outside zone and inside zone concepts. Has the athleticism to execute quick cut blocks right after the snap against all types of defenders, big, small, quick, powerful. Whether bigger or stronger or more athletic and agile, can execute those quick cut blocks as necessary on the backside of outside zone and inside zone concepts. His toughness, technique, and athleticism open up cutback opportunities for New England's running backs on both inside, outside, wide zone concepts. Now, Having relayed that, if you are going to make this transition to an offensive system that relies and emphasizes outside zone, wide zone, which is the entire story of this preseason, does moving on from that guy sound like a good decision? Does moving on from a player described in those last few moments as outlined in those last few moments seem like a wise decision because it doesn't to me. And now are there weaknesses to his game? Yes. Against speed rushers, for example, here's what I wrote. Adequate against speed rushers. When forced to move laterally against speed rushers due to the protection or the design of the play, he can be slow with his hand placement, which enables speed rushers to get inside his frame early and beat him to the spot. Has a tendency to underset, which allows speed rushers to gain a leverage advantage after the snap. In those moments, he struggles to counter. Patriots give their tackles a lot of help, whether through chips from running backs and tight ends or via scheme, and you might need to give him help going forward. Inconsistent against speed to power moves. Adequate against stronger defenders when they use a bull or a power rush move against him. Can work them to a stalemate, but this is an area of his game that needs development. Still, in New England's scheme, they give their tackles help. But if you're going to make this transition to this sort of outside zone, wide zone, boot action kind of system, and maybe that's going to be scrapped as Skarnakia said a couple weeks ago. If it's not working, they might scrap it. And maybe they've reached that point. But until they've made that decision, moving on from win, even with the number ramifications, doesn't make a great deal of sense. Now, having said that, Tyrod Smith suffered an avulsion fracture of the knee. Ian Rappaport just tweeted that out. 9.05 here on Thursday morning. If he's back at all, it will be December. The avulsion fracture means the hamstring tendon that sits at the back of the knee gets pulled off the bone and it needs to be surgically repaired. Dallas needs a tackle right now because for the Talk in the Star podcast that I do with Connor Livesley, he gave me a little homework assignment before our show the other day. And he's like, watch Tyler Smith, watch Josh Ball, and tell me what you think. Josh Ball is getting the opportunity to perhaps win the right tackle spot. Or at this point, might have to play left tackle. It's not great. Now, what would you take from the Dallas Cowboys for Isaiah Wynn? I don't know. 
because your your first inclination might be you want might want receiver help and oh by the way they traded perhaps one of their better receivers if not their best route runner at least to the Cleveland Browns. Would you look at the defensive side of the ball? They have a number of corners. But I mean, what would what would Dallas be willing to give up? I mean, Dallas might be a convenient landing spot. And if you get an offer you can't refuse, I guess you do it. If they offer you Micah Parsons, for example, yeah, sure, we'll do that. But I don't think they're going to offer Micah Parsons. And so, unless you get that kind of godfather type offer, hat tip Mike debate, I don't think you move on from Isaiah Wynn. He fits what you're trying to build, at least from where I sit. Now, I'm not the world's foremost offensive line expert. I freely admit that. But from study and win this summer, it doesn't seem smart to me. But as I've said many times before, I'm just a guy in front of a microphone drinking his strawberry C4 and trying to get along with his day. Up next, kind of wind things down here with a look at how joint practices are going. A couple thoughts on that. All ahead here in episode 241 of The Sco Show. Mark Schofield here with you in episode 241 of the SCO Show. I'm going to wind this one down with a kind of summation of the joint practices with the Raiders. According to reports from the Patriots beat writers on the ground out west. It's not great. Now, thankfully, we're doing this show on Thursday. I had initially planned to do this for Wednesday, so we would just have the Tuesday show. But I thought, you know what, I'll give it a little bit of time. So... We have both Tuesday and Wednesday practices to sort of recap here, which is good. Because here's how Andrew Callahan from the Boston Herald, our good buddy Andrew, described Tuesday's practices. The most troublesome offensive practice of the summer. At one point, Mac Jones, 7 of 17, had a two-minute drill and an interception. In one 11-on-11 period, here's what they did. Run and play, get stuffed. 15-yard touchdown to Devontae Parker. Incompletion to Damian Harris. Pass breakup on a throw intended for Nelson Aguilar. Run play, gets stuffed. Incompletion to Kendrick Bourne, a pass that gets dropped. And as Andrew noted, the Patriots offense had had one positive run in five handoffs at that point. Now, the Tuesday practice actually finished well for the offense. Mac finished 5 of 6 in the final setting with a sack and a touchdown to Kendrick Bourne, but it was 13 of 25 overall in team drills on Tuesday. Now, things sort of improved in Wednesday's practices. As many of the beat writers noted, it was perhaps a bounce back by the team. He opened practice going 4 of 6 at a 7-on-7 red zone period. Incompletion to Aguilar. A completion to Damian Harris. Completion to Nelson Aguilar. Shallow crosser to Bourne. Incompletion to Jacoby Myers. And a completion in the left flat to Ty Montgomery. Then in team... They bombed. First 11-11 period of Wednesday. Ramondre Stevenson run. Jacoby Myers, bubble screen, no gain. A sack, bubble screen, a sack. 
Hunter Henry with a catch, an inside run, an incompletion to Aguilar, and a sack. Three sacks. Again, I reiterate the previous discussion about Isaiah Wynn. Now, they did have a solid red zone period. A two-minute drill that led to a field goal. But it's still been very inconsistent. Many people said there was progress from the offense. Mack went 20 of 25 in team drill. Six checkdowns and screens, four sacks. He did hit Hunter Henry for a touchdown as time expired in the final drill, which touched off a big celebration. But it's still not great. And as sort of talked about at the outset, it's getting late. Final preseason game. Time's running out to figure this all out. Now, again, you know, as I talked about with Ollie and other places this week, Bill Belichick is still there. I, you still have Bill Belichick. You have to believe that they have looked at this from every angle. And as Bill said himself this week, he's the ultimate decision maker. They're looking at this from every angle. You know that. They're going to figure out the best course of action going forward. But we're all uneasy for a reason. Now, maybe we get a clearer picture of this offense in the final preseason game. Maybe we don't. Maybe we're going to be in the dark here until week one, until September 11th when this season gets kicked off. And that's not going to help everybody's blood pressure levels over the next couple of weeks, but we'll do our best to figure it out. So that's it for today. I'll be back next week with a recap of the Raiders game and some final thoughts, probably bring on a guest to say, hey, is it really time to panic now? Until then, friends, stay safe. Check in on your neighbors, check in on your loved ones. Wash those hands, and when you do, sit along. Bless those Patriots' reigns. Down in Foxborough.